Hello, and everybody. And you, you live. This is oh, on the back hash. Happy birthday! Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say. That's all you get. Yeah, you get. That's all you get. Anyways, welcome to episode 14 of On the Back Hash, where we talk about all things Patrick T. Hart, my name is Cedric Bell, and yes, it's my birthday. Um, Woo! Or it was my birthday. Go shoddy. Harry, however. So I don't even talk about shenanigans. I gotta say this real quick. I'd say go shoddy to birthday man. That whole thing. One of my old buddies. Uh, my friend Jamie, Zach will know who that is. Oh. Yeah. Um, he knew a guy that thought that, that when he said, go shoddy, it's your birthday. He thought it was Charlotte. Um, go Charlotte. It's Charlotte. It's Charlotte. Charlotte is loving it right now. That's, uh, Truly, <laughs> does not like her birthday. I need her no, to get into her know. birthday. Oh man, that's good. But um, yeah, we've more the back again. We got a full squad. Um, Joel Old school already. That's normal. Zach and uh, Chris, and we got a special guest with us joining us today. Um, we got our buddy Nathaniel Nash joining us. We're going to interview him, talk to him about his DCI experiences, and see what else other mischief and things we can get into because you know how it is with us you never know what's going to happen so a but uh for our episode i'm yeah right <laughs> oh, i'm gonna, let, <laughs> I'm gonna let listen if we ever go that if it's far, a four-hour episode you know, i'll just we didn't fell asleep yeah all yeah, of us this is the sleep stream <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna have a sleep stream can you guys donate you guys wake up that's what you're gonna have to do yeah. that's i do still have homework just a reminder uh, <laughs> okay so, you, but you we're gonna let, yes um, this, though, I mean. yeah, we're gonna let our interviewer, Mister Zachary, uh, do do that and uh, kind of lead the discussion and some stuff. So, Zach, it's all you, man. All right. So, Nathaniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Nathaniel Nash. Um, I'm currently a master's student at Western Kentucky University, getting my master's in conducting and teacher leader. <laughs> And uh, before this, for six years, I was the band director at Franklin Simpson High School. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Go so, go. Uh, <laughs> and Nathaniel and Chris both worked for that program, and they were assistant and head directors for the last, what, five, six years now? Yep. Um, and then I marched in Big Red Marching Band with Nathaniel for a couple of years, and um, we had the pleasure of filling some flute section holes at the bowl game that one time. Yes, sir. <laughs> Back way behind the back hash in the foot section. Filling Man, holes got screaming. harder and harder uh, for marching band, especially <laughs> whenever like you're getting work. close to 30. But right. it was still a great time. Yeah, free vacay. Listen, that bowl game was amazing. Can I just say Miami? Yes, it was. Oh, my oh, God. I got to go for free. So, yeah, it right. was, it was great. Christmas. It was Christmas time and 84 degrees. Like, And, and we played like, oh. beach volleyball until our legs fell off. Which didn't take long. But <laughs> 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 say, beach uh, no joke. It's a good time. It's no. a good time. 
All right. So uh, our first question is when and where did you march drum corps? So my first and only experience with drum corps was 2011 and it was with the Cavaliers. Right. 11 years ago, which is crazy. <laughs> I think I still got to be. Back when it was real drum corps and there weren't any electronics out there. You you marched the Tiffany, right? You marched the Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) Whole Tiffany. Whole Tiffany. I mean, (laughs) this man can press press a thousand pounds. It was insane. The whole four (laughs) drum. Real man. That's why he's so jacked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. If you're not following yeah. him on his Instagram workout page, you should, oh. right? Especially the ladies. Ooh. Willie G <laughs> works out. You're going to see some peaches. That's what you're about to see. Uh, <laughs> hey. right. And pizza. moving on. Question two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathaniel. So our next question is, what was your first DCI experience? So back, I believe it was my eighth grade year. Uh, 2006, my very first DCI experience was at, I think, MTSU, and it was uh, Cavalier's Machine, which was mm. an amazing way to start off watching drum corps, because I, I fell in love with that show immediately. And as an eighth grader, I had mm. no idea what was going on. I just knew that I loved it. Um, and I even looked at my band director that day and was like, I'm going to march Cavaliers. I know I am. And he just kind of patted me on the back. He was like, yeah, whatever you say, buddy. Like he didn't, you know, he wasn't, he didn't believe it was going to happen, but that's okay. But man, it was, I fell in love, love at first sight right there. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Oh, go ahead, Zach. Okay. No, you go ahead. I was like, that's one of my favorite things. Like, you know, when then thing y'all started working together, we actually started taking our kids to DCI. Uh, that same show um, mm-hmm. and dude, just seeing some sparks happen of like one, what they are capable of. And then two being like, mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, they're like literally like, you know, two years older than you. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, like it's such a cool thing to to see like that light up and then them have the passion. That's cool to see you mm-hmm. when you did it, you know, like, like I'm going to do this and then actually see it pull through, which is, you know, yeah, that awesome. show always comes at a good time because it's usually right after band camp is over. Mm-hmm. So like for the kids who still don't really know what our end goal is to go and see the professionals do it and you see what the possibilities are. And for, for a lot of them, it, it really gets them excited and it finally kind of clicks for them. Oh, this is why we have spent three hours in the sun marching forwards and backwards over and over sure. again. Yeah. And it's kind of like a payoff moment too, because they're working so hard for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and for those that have no clue what's going on, they're just like, man, it's hot. I'm, I'm done with this. And then they mm-hmm. get to go and experience that. It just reinvigorates them and, and lights mm-hmm. a flame. It's always really cool to see. Yep. All right. So um, next question is what made you want to march DCI? I mean, besides so, the fact that you, saw one of the greatest shows in history (laughs) (laughs) that that was definitely uh the main reason um you know after that experience i followed the cavaliers heavily i mean it seemed like every year i was like what are the cavaliers doing and i've never up until recently i've never really been a fan of drum corps as a whole i've always been a fan of the cavaliers so um 
you know, keeping up with them every year was always really exciting. And then once I got to my senior year of high school, the uh, Mad World show was the the tipping point for me because when I watched that show, first of all, it's it's dark, it's really cool. Um, and every senior boy is a little edgy, you know, I'm like, man, this, I can relate to this. Um, and it was just really, really awesome. So I watched it like 3000 times and it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm after this, after I saw mad world, I'm like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to audition and, and go for it. And I was lucky enough to, um, have family that supported that and, and helped me out to get there. So it was, it was really cool. All right. Um, so my next question, uh, I'm going to have to change it up a little bit because you, you kind of already answered it. So if you could go back to that time period when you were interested in wanting to audition, um, what other core, now that you know what you know now, what other cores were you interested in or would you want to audition for? Now that I've been around it long enough, I, I've always been – once I started teaching, especially, I've been a huge fan of Carolina Crown. You know, as a trumpet player, um, to see the things that Matt Harloff is is capable of, and, and seeing the mm -hmm. level of commitment to that brass line every single year, I would I would love to be able to march with that core. I, I wouldn't take back my experience with the Cavaliers for anything, um, <laughs> but definitely, if I had to choose a second option, that would be the one to go to because I love their brass line every year. The, the way the sound that they produce is just different and it's different mm -hmm. in such a great way. So I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of Carolina crown as well. Now what, what Matt does with those, the, the cool thing about watching him is the passion that he has. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, just absolutely. that um, Dr. Carmichael who taught at Western for a long time, had a term in a few conducting class called impulsive will. And then basically he was just saying, there are some people that when you, when they step onto the podium, they don't have to make you do something, but they make you do something. Mm -hmm. um, and Matt has that with, with Crown. Like, he can just look at somebody and like, all right, I'm going to make you great. If you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be amazing. And just the command that he has with that ensemble and what, <laughs> what is capable of them, he, mm. he pulls it out. Yeah, so. it's nice. There are, there are a lot of videos out there of of him demonstrating stuff like that. And I just sit there and just look at it. I'm like, this is, this is nuts. It's like, right. how you're sitting there watching and you're still like, how, <laughs> you know, honestly, even as a, as a person who's gone through music education, I still don't know if I'd be able to make Carolina, Carolina crowd. Like they're, they're the are hard. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. People will be like, Oh, I can do that. Or I could, you know, I could, or I could teach that too if I had that talent. Like, no, like it's it not takes, that easy. Yeah. It takes it's a special person to more than just to, the talent. Yeah, mm -hmm. like they gotta, you know, some whoever's teaching has to have that follow me to Sparta thing yeah. that that works, and he's got it, man. Yeah, because yeah, you you get a lot of instructors talking about when if I had those type of kids or like you just said, if I had that kind of talent, that don't mean anything. I don't see a lot of people who you do have that. So what's your excuse now? Is it still the kid's fault or is it your fault? Preach. <laughs> Amen. All right. And that is episode 14. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> all right. Okay. I got a question so, real quick. 
that. All right, go ahead, Chris. I, I want to say this one thing. We're talking about auditioning, um, and we—I don't think we've mentioned it yet—but you were 17 when you auditioned, right? So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like what? What did that? What was the experience like to walking into a camp as a 17-year-old at a core like the Cavaliers <laughs> that you know during that time period it was like a, a top, you know, top three core at that time? Um, terrifying. <laughs> uh it was it was really cool and you know i talked to my dad before going up there and, and like i said earlier i was lucky enough to have parents that supported me 100 percent, and they drove me up to chicago <clears throat> which you know allowed me to be able to do it so when i got up there um and i walk in and obviously i'm a huge fan i've been a fan since eighth grade and i'm seeing all these people with cavalier jackets on and, and all these people that i've seen on the finals DVDs even. And I'm like, Hey, that's the guy that was at the beginning of mad world's DVD. That's cool. Um, so to, to be in the same room as them, knowing that I'm getting ready to go up against them to even make the core was very terrifying in its own way. Um, but also really cool. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where my dad later shared with me that he didn't expect me to make it. He didn't. <laughs> so he was like, Oh, I'll, I'll drive him up to Chicago and he'll have a great time with, you know, his, his heroes, so to speak, and then come on home. And at, at the time I didn't really care if I made it or not. It was just really cool to be there and be surrounded by people who really wanted to be a part of something. And just that environment alone is, is extremely special to see that level of commitment just from a weekend getaway audition camp. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. But it was it was definitely surreal as a seventeen year old. So So was there was there like oh. more pressure because like like you know, you mentioned like that was like the core you wanted to march. So like, like was it like a was there an added pressure because of that? Like of like trying to make it there or were you was it does it matter what it was, that was the same pressure no matter what? Well, I kind of, I didn't really have a backup plan. Like it was either I was I made the Cavaliers or I didn't march. Um, which I don't know if that's a good attitude to have or not. It's just the attitude that I did have. And, uh, I don't know if there was any added pressure necessarily. Um, it was just one of those things where I went into it as prepared as I possibly could have been and whatever happened, happened. And if I made it great. And if I didn't, I got better from that experience. Um, and I walked away a better player and marcher. And then I was going to try again the following year. I was just going to keep trying until I made it. So. Um, like, luckily I made it the first time and I was very, very blessed in that regard. But, um, yeah, I don't think I put a whole lot of pressure on myself. Surprisingly, I would have now going into it. Now I always, <laughs> I'll overthink auditions now, but back then as a 17 year old, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Cool. This will be fun. And kind of alluding to, you know, what you're talking about, just going up there and almost for the experience, you know, I know people are like, I get, why do you, some people ask that just don't know how it works. Why do you have to pay money to audition? And you got to look at it as like you're getting a two-day or weekend-long clinic with some of the best teachers in the country, no matter where the core is. Yeah. And so you're paying for that that two-day education where, like you said, had you not made it, you still would have came back a better player and a better marcher to bring back to your ensemble at home and do it again mm-hmm. next year. So, like, for those, you know, if we have any students listening, because I know I have my students listen sometimes to these things. I don't know if some of you guys do too, but like, if you ever want to just feel what it's like to 
try to be in a drum corps, go. Just go audition. Don't go to a camp. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. The guy last week, uh, you know, on the last episode, talking about he sent it, he made a tape, and he ended up getting in somewhere. And, you know, you talk about you you weren't one of the top players, but you were one of the better marchers, which probably got you in. There's a lot of reasons why they'll take you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, don't, don't ever count out. This might be an unpopular opinion, but <clears throat> a lot of people always say, well, you know, I really want to march with so-and-so, but I think I'm going to try out with the, this other core instead to get experience. And I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, and no. for some people's developmental growth, I think that's great. Um, but there's something to be said about going for a core that you're going to love spending three months working as hard as you possibly can for. Um, and that's why I, it was Cavaliers or nothing for me. Cause I knew that it was going to be a lot of hard work and I didn't want to march with somebody that I wasn't passionate about. So that's, I think that's the key too, just mm-hmm. like what you said about the passion part. Even if you do have like a plan B or C or whatever, those other groups still have to be in the passion yeah. realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause if you're just going to go with anybody willy nilly, you're, you're opening yourself to have a bad time on purpose. Mm-hmm. So like try to still have some love for your plans, B, C, D or whatever. If you don't make that first core that you really want to be in. So, yeah. Or you might, you have to really love drum core. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, your passion yeah. has to be drum core. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, it it's just, just doesn't like marching. Yeah. But yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have those passion. Yeah. What you have to have or not, you're going to have to like really love marching. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I, yeah, that's good. Anyone who's marched drum corps can tell you, like, it'll be the hardest thing physically that you'll probably ever do in your life, and it's absolutely worth it. But if you don't love who you're marching with, it's going to be a hard time. So listen, go for I it. Always, our our thing when I was marching was this is the baby introduction into the army. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. <laughs> True. <laughs> like, <laughs> It really is. It's it's it is not high school or college. I don't believe in it. I'm like this. This hit completely different than I mm-hmm. ever thought it was going to hit. Because you're coming out of your high school, you're thinking you're this, that, and the other. Then you get in there and you're like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, after you went to that first camp, like, did you find out? after that weekend that you were in or did you have to do a callback or kind of talk about that process? I'll, I'll do my best to remember it. It was a long time ago, but if, <laughs> if I remember correctly, um, they let me know at the end of the camp that I got a callback. Um, so I had to go in the following month and I didn't really know exactly what that meant. They just said, come back on these days. And so I walked out to the car and my dad was asking me how it went. And he didn't know, we didn't know the process at all. And we honestly, I probably should have looked it up and and understood what was going on, but I was just excited to go. So when I walked out to the car, he asked me like, Hey, how'd it go? Did you have a good time? Yeah, I've got a call back. I've got to be back here next month. He's like in Chicago. Like, yeah, I got to get back. So, uh, you know, that was, that was definitely uh, an interesting experience. Exactly. Well, we, he did the math. He's like, I'll just fly you by yourself. You're on your own. Like, it was cheaper to just fly because <laughs> gas money was so expensive. But, um, yeah, so I got a call back and went to the following camp. And then um, after that, they still didn't pick who was in the core. 
Um, I, I think they probably solidified the veterans, you know, um, who kept coming back. But I didn't know I was in the core until um, going into the April camp. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah. That's crazy, now, I, man. It's, it's that crazy. Could have like been, that, that could have been a personal experience because I wasn't able to make the third camp. So I had to send in a video. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that was why. I honestly don't know. But I just remember thinking, like, am I in this or not? Like, I had no idea. <laughs> I went to the April camp, and all of a sudden we started sitting drill. And I'm like, I guess I'm. I guess I'm in it now. <laughs> so wow. I had a drill spot and I guess I was there for the long haul. Now it was probably just me being 17 and not paying attention when they were explaining things. But um, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know until we were in the drill, like, Oh, I guess I'm marching Cavaliers now. This is cool. This <laughs> <laughs> dude sitting in the Alamo dome. Like, am I still in the court? Right. <laughs> <I'm still laughs> <in this>, uh, <laughs> it's August. Doing? getting ready to go to championship finals. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it might get or not, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if we win, do I get a medal? Because like, I don't know. Do 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 Nobody no told me. Yeah. I've been sweating. <laughs> I'm so I'm tired of peanut butter and jelly. I hey, lost man. all this weight. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I got a tan now. Yeah, I think when you're that young, sometimes you just don't understand the process for some of these cores because you got to understand a lot of these cores, man, they're doing international auditions. Yep. You got people from everywhere. So the process is crazy long for yeah, drum I mean, corps. I, it is way worse than drum corps than indoor. That's what blew my mind is I was I was marching alongside people from anywhere that you can think yeah. of. And, yeah. of course, that's that's amazing. What a what an awesome experience for someone as, as young mm-hmm. as that to be able to be introduced to so many variety of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you talked about the process, I had no idea what was going on half the time. I mean, I, I just kind of went home and I was like, I think I'm going to the next camp. We'll see. I don't know. Your eyes are this big. You're just like, yeah, wow. <laughs> right. wow. <laughs> that's all it is the and, whole time. <laughs> and honestly, I was probably hanging on for dear life playing and marching. Like I, I was just trying to, to hang with the other 90 trumpet players at the first audition. Like I wasn't thinking about it, you know? Speaking of that, like, so I noticed, I just noticed this, and now I could be, I'm just totally out of loop. I mean, I thought a judge was Jay missing for a second, but anyway, <laughs> the, was the, was the audition, the, was it, Rosemont the only place that they auditioned or were there other places that had auditioning going on? They had different auditions. So yeah. if I, if I remember okay. correctly, they did one in Texas, the same, yeah. either the same weekend or the weekend before or something like that. And then the Rosemont audition. But I was closer to Chicago than Texas, so that's just the gotcha. one I ended up going to. Yeah. Um, right. And that was something else that I had no idea what was going on. Like, I, I auditioned against, I think, like 80 or 90 trumpets that first weekend. I'm like, this is crazy. They have 90 people auditioning. They're like, oh, this is only one of the camps. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's Why a, it it's a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So um, I look at my little list here kind of change gears a little bit what is your favorite dci show Ooh, i think he already said it well <laughs> I, am a big, I am a big fan of machine don't get me wrong like that's one of those like if i want to introduce someone to to drum corps it's mm-hmm. either going to be that or probably mad world for me um i think now it's still it's still cavaliers i'm just a huge cavaliers nerd you know but i think it's probably mad world and 
it was just that moment in my life, I think, that inspired me to go for it. And it just, it still inspires me. Every time I watch that show, I'm like, man, I still love this show. It's like watching it for the first time every time I watch it. And it's, it's just still stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, like, when did you march Cavaliers? 2011. Oh, is that Mad World? I'm like, no, it's extraordinary. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but we have stilts. Personally, I liked Extraordinary better than Mad World. Um, just personally, um, I don't know. I think the drill did more for me in that show, or the music was a little bit more. I don't know. Some, I mean, I enjoy Mad World, but no, I, I get it. I mean, I, I definitely think if if I didn't have the music. If I, if I had no audio and I was just watching a drill, Extraordinary's drill is just awesome. I love the visual package of that show. Um, but there's just something about the the darkness of Mad World that just always always gets me every time I watch it. That just that resonates. Very... If you want to know if you want to know how Nathaniel feels about our dark shows, um, find videos for our last six years teaching together. That's that's what's going on because we are exactly the same kind of cloth when it comes to that stuff. So like, I just love intense shows. Listen. It just gets my blood flowing, yeah. you know. And you mm-hmm. and you design you design the way that you like, and I mean it's it shows in our show design that mm-hmm. I, at my school is they play what I like to write and I want to work on. And Listen, if I'm going to work on it starting at the second week of July, mm-hmm. I'm I better enjoy yep. it. You know, what <laughs> you say? Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so thinking about when you were on tour that year, do you have any like favorite memories from tour that just kind of stick out to you? Oh man. Uh, if I can even remember them to begin with, I think my very first show, which I'm sure a lot of people in March drum corps probably feel this way. And I don't even remember where it was. It was like a giant concrete stadium. It was filled with like five or 6,000 people, you know, which seems huge, but for drum corps, that's just an average, you know, Saturday night, I feel like, but I get out there and the beginning of the extraordinary show, we're, we're making X's with our partner and we're facing backfield and I'm out there. And of course there's, everyone's just going nuts and you know, the, the Cavaliers. And I'm like, Oh, I'm out here right now. Like, I remember mm-hmm. that being like, I'm a part of this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And people just erupt. And then the show starts and I just like go to, not autopilot, but, you know, I just start doing my thing that we've been practicing mm-hmm. for months. And I just remember it just kind of clicked like, oh, this is this is way bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it finally clicked that I was actually doing it. And that was such a cool moment for me. Um and then in terms of, this is kind of weird, but in terms of just one of my favorite tour memories, we were watching Hercules on a bus ride. We had like a Disney night <laughs> and they were like, what movie do you want to go? And like, we were voting and I'm like, I want to watch Hercules. And then we all just sat and watched Hercules on the bus and had a great time. And I don't know why I remember that so vividly, but it was awesome. Like, it was just one of those, like, we finally got to relax. We had like an 18 hour bus ride um something ridiculous like that and i just mm-hmm. watched hercules and then just hung out with my friends and it was mm-hmm. just really cool it's just funny how those little things stick with you because i had a ton of great experiences but you know i just it's hard to remember them it's been 11 years but for some reason 
Hercules stuck with me. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I tell the kids like the fun, the things that you remember the most is not the performances that you did, but the the, the things that you did together. Like mm-hmm. you know, I remember riding, you know, doing eclipse with Will and driving to Florida. <laughs> yeah, for a regional because we get near the charter bus, so I'm, you know, just doing that type of stuff, and sleeping yeah. on the gym floor. It's the little things. Bus. Yeah, sometimes it's not even the show; it's no. the stuff you do. Yeah, like at practice and at, right. Oh God, <laughs> or, me or behind Will, the scenes. Me and Will were so bad at practice. I think they separated us on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Because we were only by each other in one part of the show. They moved me around the whole damn front ensemble. I played three <laughs> different instruments. Really did. I never like, just moved. Like, just because I'm going to college for this don't mean I want to do all of this. But um, <laughs> and they, the only part, they put us by each other. And I'm playing the cluck of the death. So we're playing Pat Metheny's Menwano. And there's a part that's just straight eighth notes. And it's octaves. And I'm and we're rolling in at like 180. And I'm just clicking back the way. The rest of the ensemble's back there. Tee, 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 <laughs> not tee, playing tee, nothing. Tee, not playing a damn thing. And not I'm playing like, nothing. Why am I getting worked out here? I'm the rookie. Said it was back there sweating. I'm the rookie back here. They talking about get into it. I can't. <laughs> what? You see these arms? The forearms is boy, I can boy. All of that from just... you see that that's a pregnant catfish. That's what that Boy, is. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. And then I get done with that, and then I have to run around, and everybody's like, "Yeah," I'm like, "No, fuck y'all." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Oh, it was fun. It was that's the memory. That's the memory. Right it's there. the best memory. We will look at me to start laughing because I'm like, no. You because re- you do. You really remember shows the most. Mm-mm. You'll remember the stuff behind the scenes or at mm-hmm. practices and stuff like that. Because I, I sit back all the time and I'm like, God, there's there's very 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 few shows that really hit the only one that really hit me is uh, uh I, and I literally just forgot his name DCI announcer dude oh Brent Dan Potter yeah uh, uh, Brent Brent called us um when we f- went to our first dome contest in a dome and he called us cuz you know uh, um that year when we started um scouts we started on the on the um the end zone um yard line like mm-hmm. line one, we started in a straight line. And when he called, I don't know what it was about that show, but when he called our name and it echoed in that dome, and because our show starts off with the drums, and it just echoed, I just rushed the full of flight. <laughs> it was like the first day all of a sudden, everybody got nervous. And we was just like, oh, shit, here we go. We are we are in the second month. What are you talking about? It's like, oh my god, this is what made it just real. nervous. For what? <laughs> Next week is finals. What <laughs> <laughs> about that? What a good thing it is. Oh man! You know, there's oh. only three shows that I even like vividly remember. The first one was MTSU I'm you. because I'm my you. whole family was there, mm-hmm. and yeah. I knew that yeah. you know people I went to school with were there. So it was mm-hmm. it was more vivid to me because I knew people that I. Well, I knew people that were there. And then the mm-hmm. second one was Sevierville. 
um, because I remember marching up the mountain. Yeah. I don't know if you all Dolly ever. Parton. Oh my gosh! The like, home of Dolly Parton. There's moments in the show where I was on the back sideline and I had to march all the way to the front, and I couldn't see the drum major because there's a giant mound in the middle of that field. Like you're going mm-hmm. up a hill and then down a hill on the other side. And I just remember thinking, well, I hope we're in time because <laughs> I can't see them yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, here we go. Uh, so I remember that one. I don't know if it's for any good reason other than I just. <laughs> see, and the shows be tri- and the shows be whack. It's like your memories from the shows be whack. It's like, what? How are you going to remember something stupid like that? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, man. And then World Championship. That's, that's right. an obvious one. You know, you we can't I was going to ask you about that. Like, how did it feel to like, because you marched. Was it Lucas Oil then? Yeah, Lucas Oil yeah, was, there was Lucas at Oil. that time, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. like, how did that feel? Like, just to be – because, like, uh, Cavies, that that year that, you know, Mad World, you guys were – I don't mean to bring up some bitterness, but, you know, you guys were leading the pack for, you know – Extraordinary, you mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. That's an hour. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Right. See, here yeah, we go again. Time. Dang, dude. There we go. <laughs> here we go. Sorry, man. <laughs> anyway, but, like, you know, you guys were – you guys were, you know, <laughs> you know we're doing – yeah, uh, you guys have been well for so long, and you know, and so you guys had a chance to medal, right? Like that's you know that was going to happen. So like, what did that? What I mean, you might not remember that. I mean, sure you would do because it was you know world championships. But like, what was the feeling like marching onto that onto the field, knowing that you had a shot to to do something special like that? Well. You know, you'd be surprised what I've forgotten. But the one thing that I really remember um, at first, my first experience with Lucas Oil was obviously like quarterfinals. And, you know, not a whole lot of people go to quarterfinals, which is kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. So I get in there and I just remember thinking like, there's hardly anybody here. Like it was, it was almost like anticlimactic because I finally get to Lucas Oil and then I'm like, oh, there's like, you know. I mean, there's still thousands of people, but it's, you know, that's a big place. So grandma on the yeah. 300, like, like, yeah, it's my baby. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we get out there and then <clears throat> I just remember thinking like the first note that I played, I heard that first note for probably like eight seconds. And I just remember being like, oh, this is, this is going to be bad. Like this is scary. Um, and then every time a snare drum hit, it was just like, I heard that reverb for, forever um so it was almost like a little frightening like i was excited to march in lucas oil and then that quarterfinals experience was like kind of a letdown as far as like the people that were in there and then also just scary now that you know you can tell you can tell people like hey there's going to be a lot of reverb you just yeah. got to focus on the hands you know focus yeah. on the poles but when you're actually experiencing it's like oh this is really bad bad um, terrible yeah Semifinals was a much better experience. There were a lot more people there. Um, and we were, we already got a run with, you know, the terrible reverb. So that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, world championships, like finals. I mean, you've got the, – the stands are packed. Um, and they, they told us in rehearsals, they were like, you know, this might be the last time you get to experience something like this. Like at the very end of the show, we had like a horns down and we looked up. Like, and, you know, soak it in. They, they told us, like, soak it in. Don't ever forget what this is like. And I haven't because we get to the end of the show. And I don't know if anyone even remembers this from Extraordinary, but we all jump over each other and make, like, the DNA. Kind of stole it from the Samurai yeah. show. You know, it's just kind of a callback. 
And uh, after that moment, there was a, a standing ovation for the last like 30 seconds of the show. And I remember like, I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear anyone around me. Everyone's just like, well, we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing for three months and hope that it sounds good. Um, because it was so <laughs> unbelievably loud. Um, mm-hmm. All I could hear was just applause. And it, what a cool moment that is. I mean, that that was huge. And of course my adrenaline is rushing like crazy. We get to the end of the show. I pop my horns down. And I look up and I'm just like, this is, this is, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's nuts, man. It's yeah. It's about. just a, it, it's nuts. It's a, you see these kids crying. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, there's I nothing the like it and uh, you just got to sit there and soak it up. And unfortunately you don't have a whole lot of time to suck it or soak it up because mm-hmm. they're just like, and here's your cadence. Get off the field, you know. But man, that that was such an incredible moment, and it's something mm. I'll never forget. When I try to talk to people into doing drum corps, you know, we talk about the hard work and the dedication it takes, and 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 all of that. But that talk about a payoff. That mm. moment right there, there there is nothing like it. And mm. for anyone who's ever even thinking about doing drum corps, it is worth it. When you get to that moment right there, it will be working. Yep. And then you pop like eight ibuprofen because <laughs> your whole body hurts. Dude, at that this, point, this dude. Was... No, go ahead. At this, go ahead. At this point, of course, I'm 17, so it's it's easier to to stay <laughs> fit. But like, I was extremely fit. Like, I got the world championships. I'm like, oh, it's just another day. You know, I get yeah, done. Basically. Yeah, I get done and I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't even think anything of it. Yeah, I remember when I met you at band camp for BRMB that, I mean, what, a couple weeks later after finals? Yeah. Like, you were so skinny <laughs> and it's like, and, and tan. So it's yes. like, this dude has been outside running his <laughs> tail off for the last two months. And then yeah. he gets to come here and we're going to play fallout boy. Like, <laughs> like I mean, woo! Yeah, I I mean say, to go from the highest high to the, the big red marching band. Yeah. And you know, I had a lot of great experiences with the big red marching band, but as oh, a 17 yeah. year old that just got done with drum corps, I hated every second of it at first. <laughs> I'm like, this sucks. I got told so many times, like quit caring so much. You know, and that, <laughs> and that sounds terrible, right? Never from the directors or anything, but like the people I were, I was marching with, they were just like, dude, it doesn't matter. You don't just, we literally spent maybe 30 minutes of music rehearsal, actually repping music. And then we would like lay in the floor and take a nap or watch blue mountain state. Listen, <laughs> listen, yeah. I- I hope I hope there's no directors from what was that? But did we, we sound good though? It. We didn't no. hide it because we posted no. about it on our no. Facebook page that we were doing nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I don't forget yeah. my one year one year in BRMB. There used to be this fountain between the Fine Arts Center and the library, and you just spray yeah. it had like a like a clock dial. Well, uh, the lower brass section, it was hot that day. And so we decided, you know what? We're, we, we were fine. We're fine. So we just ran through the, 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 the fountain for, you know, 40 minutes of sectional time. <laughs> and then we came back all soaking wet and, you know, it was whatever. You know? Yeah. I apologize <laughs> to Dr. Bright 
a lot after my first couple of years. I'm like, dude, I am so sorry. Like I, I would just not have a very good attitude, especially my first year, but it got better. Shout out to Jay money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He put up with me. It takes a, it takes a put up with a lot worse. (laughs) That's what he says. I I have a hard time believing it, but I hope Dr. Bright watches this because I want to say something real quick, Dr. Bright. I don't know why you weren't the starting quarterback for the University of Arkansas because you have a cancer for a Oh, my God. Say. Listen, this it. man, I mean, we would be at a conference tournament just having downtime. And he'd be like, all right, go for 70 yards. 70 yards? And, like, it's like spiral in your chest. You like, can hear whiz like through the air as it goes over your right? head. Then Drew Brees out here, his height and everything. Golly. Shout out to Jake, man. man. Well, my last question I had was, was there a fulfilling moment for you during your tour? But we've already answered that, you know, you know, getting to be in Lucas Oil and performing in front of the biggest crowd you'll probably ever be in front of. I um, mean, getting to soak all that in is um, – really nice. But I, I have one that I just kind of thought of, you know, I was just kind of looking back at all the other shows that year that you marched and, you know, thinking about that you were in a group that finished amongst, you know, angels and demons and the beat my heart skipped and rock star and, and all those, you know, when those are all pretty iconic shows in DCI and, and, and of course, um, extraordinary as well so what is it what was what is it like now thinking back on how many like iconic and big name shows there were that season to to know that you were right in the thick of that you know i i hear angels and demons a lot because you know they always ask me like oh what placement did you get i'm like well because they won um always have to preface it with like Oh yeah, we were third, but we were first all season until the very end, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't justify anything, you know, but I just feel better about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But Angels and Demons was such a cool show. And I remember uh, there was only a few moments where we actually got to watch any other core while we Mm -hmm. were on tour. And I think it was at Allentown, if I'm not mistaken, but we sat out in the, in the stands because we performed early for the first time all season long. And so we performed dressed out and we had the option to go sit and watch. And so I was sitting there watching all these other cores and, and we were first at the time. And I just remember watching them and I'm like, we're beating that, you know, like, of course I didn't have any, I didn't have any reference because I was so mm-hmm. young and everything, but I just remember thinking like, this is amazing. And we're beating that. Like, this is, we must be a lot better than, cause you know, when you're on, when you're at rehearsal, they're not telling you everything you're doing well. They're telling you everything you're doing wrong so you can fix it. So, you know, you don't really have an idea of how good you're actually performing. Um, obviously, the placement helps, but then you go watch these all these other cores and you're just like, wow, they're they're great. And the fact that we're, like you said, like right in the thick of it was, was really, really neat. Um, I still have my opinions about Blue Devils beating us, but that's okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Blue Devils doing Blue Devils things. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. We don't need to make this another hour and a half. Right. Okay. Exactly. I was like, every time Blue Devils comes up, we're just like, all right, here we go. We just get better. Yeah. You know what? It's yeah. 11 years ago. I'm past it. 
Same conversation is still happening. Like guys were saying. Um. So what I was going to ask is, how do you think your drum corps experience prepared you for the teaching world? You know, like you mentioned earlier, um, when you go to these things and and you're, you're rehearsing with all these like really top notch educators and you'll hear, hear people say this all the time. Some of the best things you'll ever learn to do is sitting in an ensemble and watching someone else teach because you can steal, steal ideas and and techniques and pedagogy from them to use with your own ensembles. And Mm -hmm. what a, what a great reference tool that all these amazing educators who worked with us and I can sit there and just steal all these different ideas. Like there's still articulation things that I talk about to this day that were like ingrained in my brain from marching core and it works every single time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course Cavaliers is heavily visual. Um, so that definitely helped me be prepared to teach fundamentals and, and be prepared to explain things on a, on a deeper level because, I got told what to do every single day at a really deep level. Um, so just surrounding yourself with people that know what the heck they're doing, I think is, is really, really nice. Um, and that definitely shaped who I am as a teacher because I, I had a lot of really great educators working with us that year. Uh, I, I would, I would agree with that surrounding yourself with, with people. Um, I know, when I, I I give credit to Will all the time, you know, when he came to East, that's when we took it to the next level because he was doing things and telling them things that I I didn't tell him or I couldn't tell him or mm-hmm. felt like we weren't ready. He's like, no, you need to you need to do this and do this, and then you know, a couple of years later, you know, Chris and Zach joined staff, and you know, I I trusted them because I was like, they all have skills that I don't have. So let me get, let them do their thing Mm -hmm. and trust them to do their thing and let me figure out how they're doing it. That way, if I lose them, I can at least try to keep that stuff moving on. So, you know, you can learn from your staff, you know, you might be the person in charge, but like, you know, it's, it's the people sometimes under you that that run the show. Um, And then it's being under experience, you know, some people don't have the best high school band experience or our band directors or whatever but like if you're lucky enough to be under a championship pedigree band director and this is what you want to do for a living you know or just do in general like listen to what they're saying listen to how they're talking about things listen to the detail that they give and explain and stuff like you know you can learn a lot mm-hmm. you can learn not only can you learn what to say you can also learn what not to say or what yep. not to do mm-hmm. just as much as you can from a you can learn just as much from a bad director as you can a good one so. yeah and building off of that too um you know i'm really lucky <laughs> in the sense that i got to teach for six years and learn what i'm good at and learn what i'm bad at before going to grad school so now that i'm i'm going back to get my master's after having six years of experience it's, it's been so nice to sit in an ensemble again and listen to these professors teach. Mm-hmm. And I'm just soaking it up. I'm just stealing all their good stuff, you know? Um, and it's, it's pretty awesome to know what I'm bad at because I can just sit there and, and focus on that and just mm-hmm. try to steal things constantly. It's been a really, really nice experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, you talked about, <clears throat> like, how when you brought Will in, it really elevated <laughs> – the ensemble, um, the same with 
when we brought Ethan in to the program I work with, you know, Ethan from our last episode, you know, with, with his experience from high school and drum corps, you know, that really took our visual package to a new level because of how he knew how to present those things and the technique and, and everything. And then now that he's not there as much anymore, really not at all because of his work schedule and, you know, we've graduated college and don't have as much free time. I spent that time really soaking in and learning from him. And now I'm taking all the things that he was, you know, saying, and I, I'm putting that with the group still. And, um, you know, he's always a phone call or text away. Hey, how did you teach this? Or what is it they used to say? I remember like part of how he would explain it, but not the second half or whatever. So, um, you know, that, that is one of those things, you know, when you, when you get a good staff member, uh, that you're working with and they really know what they're talking about. You really need to be listening and hanging on to that because if they ever go, if it's working well, you got to be able to replicate that. And I know that there's kids that I've taught that have came up to me that they're working with some groups now or whatever. And they said, Oh, you remember when you taught us this or this? And yeah, I'm doing that with my group or, you know, I say things that Will and Chris and Cedric told us all the time when, when we were marching under them and, uh, and you just kind of pass on that information. Mm-hmm. You Nobody's... know what, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cedric. I was just going to real quick. I was just going to say, nobody has come up with a new invention of doing something. Everybody has stolen something from somebody else. Education has always been passed down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. So, you know, if it works, if it worked for them back then, then it'll work today. Yep. So. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I think the most frustrating part is because that experience, like drum corps experience was so long ago, there's many times where I'm like, I know we talked about this, but I have no idea how they fixed it, you know, because mm-hmm. there's some things that stuck with me and there's some things that I'm like, dang, I wish I could remember how they did this. Because um, 11 years is a long time. Yeah, it is. And I only remember about 25% of it probably. But, you know, Chris, when I when I got to Franklin, um, he had a lot of years under his belt working at Warren East with you guys. And, um, I just remember, of course, coming from drum corps and everything else, I, I kind of went into it going like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to change this program. I'm going to do it my way, you know, kind of bullheaded. And I'm glad Chris was there because he was, he was kind of the voice of reason and experience. And he kind of leveled me out and gave me a lot of really great teaching tools, um, so yeah, definitely surround yourself with people that know what they're doing and listen to them, steal their yep. stuff. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. So, I'd never tell you um, that in person, but Winston, I'll tell you that. Nah, he <laughs> listen. He would he would be like, dude, shut up. I don't. You know, I don't talk. That is not true at all. That's <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I will say that's one of my favorite things. I just returning in, just you know, like. I worked with, you know, Cedric and Will for years. And then like, I go to a different program and then, and my first year there, I was missing that collaboration, you know, um, that Mm -hmm. we had, then we had a pretty strong, you know, of course we're like, we're friends outside of it too. So that helps those things, you know, but like, um, that bond, but then, you know, when the thing got there, we went through, through some thick years together and, you know, and like being able to, you know, do the things that we're able to do and, and just to be able to teach and having that person beside you that you can be like, 
they're saying the same thing that I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, you make sure those things are happening. You know, it's, it's really fun. Like, you know, just pulling back full circle with that, like, yep. you know, your staff makes a whole lot for you, not only for your kids, but also for your sanity of being able to like bounce ideas off of things and, you know, be able to communicate with each other. It does help when you're able to hang out with them as well, you know, outside of stuff and getting that, you know, other, other part. There, well, so. When you're, when you're friends, you know, and you're good friends, it's, you can tell each other no. And mm-hmm. the other person might get butt about it. You know, our egos, I think the reason why we were all successful is because our egos never got in the way. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. there was stuff that I would tell Will, Will, this is not going to work. We need to change it. And he'd be like, all right. All right. And same vice versa. He'd be like, hey, we need to do this. And I'm like, all right. You know, same thing with you and drill or body work. You know, it's, we were able to, because we were friends and because we wanted the best product for the, for the kids, we were able to make things work where a lot of other groups would have faltered because, well, it's my way or the hallway. And it's like, no, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know? Yeah, I hate that. Because yeah. I've been so, under people. I mean, you know how many times that thing they'll tell me no when we're doing something? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I got this idea. He's like, no. I'm like, no. yeah, you know what? That was dumb anyway. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. It happened all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Every time we'd be sitting, he'd be in the tower. I'm down. I was like, let's try this. And then he'd be like, nah. Like, How about you try this? I was like, no, nah, dude. And I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. that was like constant. I mean, the staff that I work like, with now, I'm, we'll be thinking of something and I'm just like, I don't know about that. Um, mm-hmm. We might want to, you know, and, and and it goes both ways. You know, I was like, we should do yeah. this. And then I'm like, no, nope, that was dumb. Because <laughs> you always, you know, you have that perspective, like, you know, when, I mean, I'm doing that right now because, um, we haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, Daniel's wife is now the director at our school right now while he's in, you know, he's at grad school now. So um, she had an unfortunate injury. So I've been up in the tower for the last month doing it like you've gone stuff. But like when you're up there, like I won't say you have like a one track mom, but it's very like focused in what you're doing. And mm-hmm. like being able to have mm-hmm. people feel like, hey, dude, hey, we need to stop for a second. This isn't yeah. working down here. Let's let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Or like you might have an idea. They're like, hey, I don't know if that's going to be working too well. You know, just having that, having that right there, man. Just, I mean, it. You talk about making a program run well. That's that's how it happens. Yeah, you, know? you got to have people. You got to have your like on field director and your tower director. Mm-hmm. You know, your big picture stuff is upstairs, and then you've got your little minions on the field. You know, <laughs> fixing and correcting the little issues that maybe aren't seen up top. And then, um, yeah, just, and that's kind of my job with my group is I'm on the field and I'm constantly in the way about to get my head took off by flagpoles because I'm, you know, trying to <laughs> fix things. And, and like, they have just learned, like, if I'm in your way, just either hit me or run me over and I'll apologize and, and I'll get out of the way next time. Like, cause I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm back in the, I'm back at the, the pit changing and, suggestion things to them then i'm over in the color guard land telling them this and that and then i'll run over to woodwinds or brass you know it i'm everywhere just trying to get my hands in as many places as possible because you know the directors are up at the top and yes there's big picture things that they need to look at and fix but some of that stuff they're not hearing or seeing unless you're down on the field yeah and i think that's even more important now that we have on-field judges Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, having yes. that, having mm-hmm. those people that's going to 
critique individually. It's extremely important. It's like an accountability piece. Mm -hmm. You can't hide anymore. For sure. Yeah, for those that are not in our 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 area, our state, Kentucky, was it like two years ago or I think so. Okay, or whatever it was. Two or three. We finally got on field judges, which all of us were like because you know it's, I would it's, like to think that I helped start that. I, well, let's all thank Will for yes. he did it all. Yes. It's all Will. Nothing we call else. that the the, all the, the William rule. Yeah. No, I just really wanted to do it. That's why I pushed it so much at, at East for us to do it that day. That um, listen, our contest that we were at at uh, this past week, the percussion judge was on the field. There was three. I'm judges. thinking about it. This mm-hmm. thinking about it. It's, it's small. Yeah, I, I mean, I, hey, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed looking at front of some people dead and they pupils. Boy, <laughs> boy, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously considering being, waiting for you to miss a note. Just, just please, boy, please. Just, <laughs> got them all scared. You better hit. You better check that you angle you're high. banging on that triangle with. <laughs> boy, boy, I will kill a kid if it ain't 45 degrees. <laughs> I'm hammering a kid. Listen, listen, band please. You don't get nothing else from this podcast. Teach your kids how to play auxiliary instruments correctly. <laughs> For the love of Jesus, please, golly, I'm tired of seeing little Timmy play the tambourine on the Listen. side of his butt. <laughs> golly, it's Sunday, it's Sunday morning. He's in church. He's he's feeling. It. He's <laughs> <coming> <laughs> on, Speaking of the Blue Devils, though, I mean that's how the colors. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the podcast. Oh man, in the podcast. <laughs> It was not me this time. I was talking to you, oh, man. I'm just saying. Uh, not uh, me oh, this gosh. time. Look, uh, and the brass judge was even like, that is excellent tambourine playing. This <laughs> oh. phenomenal. Just, wow. Uh, wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, trumpets. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Hey. All right. Well, I think we're done. Oh. <laughs> I think that was it. All right. Um, Daniel took us out on a bang. That's perfect. That's what I'm here for. Um, Listen, listen, we got to have you back and talk about some other stuff for sure. For sure. I'd love to. This has been fun. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure. So, um, as you know, as before we get off, make sure you, if you like what you heard and you have any comments, like, comment, share, subscribe, hit that notification button. We are on all forms of uh, social media, YouTube. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on Anchor.fm and Spotify FM or Spotify, just Spotify. <laughs> um, but we're on all, we are on all of that stuff. So plenty of places for you to catch us. Um, comment down below what you like, what you want to hear us talk about next. We got we're doing a lot of different hodgepodge type of things. So just trying to get get through the season. We had our first BOA contest this past weekend. Mm-hmm. We did. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, we did. Shout out to Mary Hodge making fun. Yeah, yeah at, man. Um, yeah. Parkville yeah. and then Not a um, Grayson <laughs> County made finals in Ohio. Anderson so, County. Anderson County, huge. Campbell County. Campbell. Campbell County, yeah. So lots of lots good of good Kentucky groups representing um, in the BOA area. So hopefully we can get some recaps and talk about some stuff with that. But but yeah, any parting words, fellas? Well, I just want to say, know, say thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure, man. Love having you on here. 
Yes, sir. For real, for real. So there's nothing else for Will, uh, Nathaniel, Zach, and Chris. My name is Cedric. This has been episode 14 of On the Back Hash. Um, until the next time, um, love each other. Have some fun. Yes, play some notes. Toot, toot, toot. Happy birthday. Out. Out. Happy birthday.